1: I'm Dan Orlovsky. When I'm looking for safety, I always take the extra steps and listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it. Second
2: and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris working from the gun. Looks out to the right. Now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap.
0: Back to pass. Looks right. Got Case in the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. That's it. Pack the bag. Starts the plane. This game is
2: How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection and now two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass Chris and Case.
3: Hey howdy ho Lions fans welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast this is episode 174. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing but sick host Chris and with me is my good friend and co-host Case. How are you doing my man?
4: I'm good, Chris. A philosophical question, is a coverage sack really a sack?
3: Hmm. I'm scratching my head to think about it. But while we think about that, today's show, we're going to be back with uh, your calls, putting them on blast. We'll let you guys weigh in on the issues of the week. We're gonna talk about the Packers getting packed. We got some bye week chatter. Riz is gonna be here, and Dean Blandino comes in and he puts NBC on blast. He is a Fox man through and through. We got that and a whole lot more. Great
4: show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Do your sacks hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow?
2: Let's kick this off and break it down.
4: All right,
3: a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from
2: Guam.
3: Nice. Of course, our very first daughter, Mathis and Brian B. From I Prevail, Iprevailband.com. Check them out. He's a big, helpful donor like so many of you guys and gals. Uh, You can join the crew, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to a special Patreon-only Slack channel. We're going to have some uh, Patreon-only giveaways, some other stuff going on, and uh, the pre-show show, show, faux show, next week. (laughs) But uh, that'll be ready for all you Patreon people. So join up. Dollar a week. $10 a week, $156.53 a week, whatever you want to give, (laughs) set us up and uh, we'll get going with that. And you guys, (laughs) you got to get Case on video because it's really hard to do this (laughs) in the background. (laughs) Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter maker at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. Make sure to give us a follow because it's the very best place to see Case.
4: Ooh, I didn't think of anything for this one.
3: Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Hit the little bell so you get notified when we go on the air and uh, have fun with us. we got a lot of good stuff going. We need a couple more subscribers to, to keep that rocking. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Not just wherever. We're on Spotify now. So if you've got a Spotify thing going on, you can listen to the Detroit Lions podcast there as well. Let people know. Five-star reviews. We love those. Let them know what you think of the show and how much you love Case and me. But no germs, please. All right. Give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions podcast. Or give us a call on the Lions line. 929-33-Lions. 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. <laughs>
2: Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit.
3: All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week. And as we like to do these days, we're going to go ahead and start off with your calls. Calls from you to us, the, the love letters, the, the wonderful things you guys like to say to us, and the beautiful names that you call Riz. We're going to go ahead and uh, have you guys put them on blast.
5: Hey, guys. This is Brian from Grand Rapids. I called a couple weeks ago after the Patriots game where we won, and I said that uh, I couldn't enjoy it because I was waiting for Tom Brady to just uh, make a comeback and and just steal all our hopes away and crush crush all of our dreams. Um, I am happy to report that today I just let my inhibition go, and I enjoyed this game, almost every bit of it. Uh, I still think, um, I think this win was fool's gold. Uh, this team, I don't think they performed as well as the Vikings did today. I don't think they performed as well as the Bears have been doing this year. And the Packers are not normally that bad. They were abnormally bad, um, you can credit the Lions' defense with uh, some of that, of course. Uh, the strip sack, the turnovers, th- those were big, and, and those the Lions totally get credit for that. Uh, but Mason Crosby missing all those field goals, uh, that's not something that he will do every game. That said, um, you know, obviously we, nobody was really expecting this to be a playoff team anyway uh, this year. Which, you know, it, we're, there's still some growing pain. So, uh, that said, you know, no, this doesn't mean that the Lions are going to the playoffs now and that they're, you know, they're going to win the division and all this stuff this year. Um, but it does, it gives me a lot of hope. It makes me be more inclined to believe that Patricia is really winning the locker room. Um, it, it's kind of exciting. I, I I always hope the Lions win, I always hope they turn it over. Um, so that's always a possibility. So um but just I just really enjoyed this game. You know, whether or not whether or not it's goals and whether or not schools gold and whether or not we're gonna win anymore, I just I just sat back, I soaked it all in. This was a great enjoyable game and whatever happens the rest of the season, we should probably all try to remember that if it doesn't go our way. So that's it.
0: Bye. Hi, I'm uh, calling uh after the uh uh game with the uh, Packers and uh, really uh happy to know that they won. Uh, this is Mihir Magani from Fremont, California, a uh Southeast Michigan uh, transplant uh, from eighteen years back. Um uh I think this was a uh great game. Uh, what I felt uh, uh disappointed by is the fact that uh the broadcasters for the program and uh, subsequent reports focused on the Packers missing a bunch of field goals and uh, the less-than-outstanding performance by uh, Aaron Rodgers. And there was very little focus on the fact that uh, Detroit, uh, you know, caused uh, two turnovers through good play. Uh, and, you know, fairly well uh, throughout. out. Uh, And Detroit was in a position to win, even if Green Bay made those four uh, missed field goals. Uh, I think Detroit didn't get credit for playing well. Uh, You know, maybe it wasn't a blowout uh, victory, uh, uh, but uh, certainly Detroit played well. And uh, when you cause turnovers, that's a sign of good play. That doesn't mean there's no room for improvement, but uh, uh, I think – we'll have to resign ourselves to Detroit uh, being uh, the underdog this season and perhaps in the future and uh, uh, perhaps uh, that's better. Uh, it's easier to win if you're under the radar than if you're under the spotlight but I think overall there's definitely improvement in all levels of play I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk about uh, Ken and Galladay but I think these three awesome Detroit receivers alternating week to week with 100 yard uh, catches uh, and highlight uh, real touch catches is great and, and of course uh, 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 you know with the injuries we've had uh, I think we also need further credit for the kind of performance we have without people like Ezekiel Lanza, uh you know who's a top notch defensive end with healthy uh, people seem to focus on injuries too uh The uh, Packers, and prior to that, the uh, the Patriots. Uh, But they neglected to mention the the top people Detroit has that were injured, including uh, Lang this week. All right. Well, looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, Hopefully, the bye week heals people up, and uh, uh, we improve even further. Uh, Thanks for the great show. Bye bye.
5: Andrew from Kalamazoo,
0: calling about the win in Detroit this past weekend. I know I'm a little late.
5: Hopefully, I make the cut. Um, FTP. uh green bay really outperformed in total yards ftp um they killed us in first downs ftp they had us in time of possession ftp they uh if crosby had made those field goals uh we would have lost but fuck them and uh yeah fuck the packers i saw a picture of aaron getting hit and dropping the ball and it made me really happy because i fucking hate that guy um but yeah, FTP and uh hopefully this bye week um get some players back after the injuries and uh yeah, we'll take it to Miami.
3: It's right, a pretty interesting convo there, right? I mean we love the guys' calls. They they have insights, questions, concerns. I mentioned things about Riz that probably shouldn't be publicly talked about, but that's okay. We're 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 all good with that and, and Riz, you're still okay with that, right?
6: Oh, absolutely. Well, if I'm on here, I'm fair game. Oh, man. He's such
3: a good guy. God. All right. Let's, uh, really quick, I had to clear up. We, you can tell right? I'm sick. We did, we had some tech difficulties in the post game show. We did the show. It's on the YouTube channel if you want to hear it after the Green Bay game. But Riz and, and Case will tell you, I'm a real son of a bitch. And besides that, yeah, I'm a stickler I will. For, qual- for the quality <laughs> of the show. <laughs> also, I'm really, I'm really picky about the quality. And that one just didn't stand up to the standards that I'd want to put out as one of our regular podcasts on the feed. So it didn't make it. If you're interested and curious in the show, go ahead and hit our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. And you can go see it. But uh, then, as you can tell, I'm sick, so we're late this week doing ours. This is the, the best I've been so far. But, but we're here. And... Uh, we're not green from sickness, we're not green with envy i don't know we we beat green bay let's just start with that we, that was that's a hell of a way to start the week, right case
4: yeah, absolutely um and I mean, you can look at it in a lot of different ways, uh, and there were uh there's certainly a sense that uh, things didn't go for Green Bay the way you would expect them to go for Green Bay on a normal week um, but uh at the same time, there were a lot of good things to take away from. From, it, uh, from the Lions' perspective. And, and if, we, if we're working on this narrative that the Lions are improving every week, I don't think you could take away from that narrative uh, based on this game.
3: Well, you know, there's one thing, you know, and I'll, I'll go to you, Riz. The one thing that we Detroit Lions fans have, have learned is that GoFundMe is really just a money laundering op, uh, operation. <laughs> and Mason Crosby has made his money this week. Good job, folks. And Riz, I'm, I'm glad you got that going for us because it really worked out in our favor.
6: How the hell do you miss 5 kicks in one game inside a dome? I don't get that. <laughs> that's that's insane to me.
4: As one of the as one of the most consistent kickers, you know, in the league too. It it really is mind-blowing, but kicking has been ass this year for everybody. I mean, it's been
3: just the ugliest part of the NFL. It's like kickers left and right are
4: missing I mean, not, not Prater. Terrible, right? And we I mean, love Prater, but even he has had a moment here and there. This famous
6: game. one in that game, too.
4: Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. I forgot about there that.
6: Was one, there was one NFL game last weekend where there was perfect
4: kicking in it. One. Wow. What's, what's happened? Wow. What is Let me happening? guess. It had something to do with the Raider, Ravens, right? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. They they lost to the Browns. Uh, well, they, I know they, they did, but I thought they kicked all their field goals correctly. They
6: they had one blocked, and uh, oh, the Browns okay. the Browns kicker missed an extra point and a field goal.
4: <laughs> oh my. oh <laughs> and my! then he got oh a
6: game winner with, with time going out. that got blocked and still went in. The chart. The Chargers kicker missed has missed four extra points this year. Wow. and they kept him they, he's hurt he like pulled his hamstring they didn't oh, who are they
4: going to pick up at this point pick
6: up another <laughs> kicker I don't even know who the hell it is so they have two kickers on their 53 men roster <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on with the kicker <laughs> god,
4: one guy mind. for extra points one guy for everything else is, is
3: that what killed the owner finally
4: <laughs>
6: it might be man
4: don't mean to make light of that
3: don't mean to make light of that never want to make fun of somebody's death
6: oh my god yeah the kicking's rough I mean we're, we're blessed to have prater we really are
3: yeah yeah for reals and i mean is this a a case of riz when you go to the shrine game and and the rest of the stuff that you're doing in the scouting world uh senior bowl that you just you tell the kickers to piss off and you're looking for the the meat on the line and the the quarterbacks no one's paying attention to these guys or what
6: i i actually i make a lot of hate because i do pay attention to the specialists especially at the shrine game Mm -hmm. because nobody else does and we wind up getting some good people out of that. Um Sam Martin was he actually was supposed to be there one year didn't. But uh I, and he seems several. like can I
4: just say he seems like he's getting back to Sam Martin yes. there, but he's getting back there? He's okay. Yes.
3: I mean he's he's no Ryan Santoso, I'll tell you that right now. Who right <laughs> is he is he filling in for Zerline in LA now? Is that where he's he's playing or did he kinda walk I, go through the I couldn't
6: even tell you. I don't I don't even I can't keep track of all that stuff. There's too many too many circles going on there that are not concentric for my brain. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I, I liked him. I think he's. I think he, somebody's got to pick him up because he is definitely the guy. Especially if you're dumb enough to put two kickers on your fifty-three man, that just seems ridiculous. I don't even do that on a fantasy team. Jesus, All it's right. another case where we can
6: look around the league and and you know, Lions fans like to piss on what we have here. Look around the league a little bit and see that it's it's really not so bad in Detroit. Hey,
4: you really bring up a good point. I mean, that absolutely is. There's a lot of Lions fans who who are upset with anything or everything Lions, but they don't take in the context of the whole league. And, well, and I'm not, you know. Let me put a little context here with that.
6: Instead of pissing in the garden all the time.
4: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that, that that probably leads us pretty well into the uh the coverage sack stuff, doesn't it? Well, let's talk first before we get to that cuz cuz we wanted we do want to touch on 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 the sacks
3: a little bit. Yeah, we but, do. <laughs> but we to sp- touch my sack. What? <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us, Riz. Sorry. We there was I there's a there. question that Riz talked about in the in the pre-show and either did Green Bay lose or did we win and is it okay One way or the other, because there's been talk about that. And this one bothers me. And it's 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 almost up there with the I told you so I predicted it stuff that people pull off. You know they they've got that confirmation bias that they they put something out there and it was right. But the 175 things they said in the, the tweets 20 minutes before that, none of them came true. They just for, ignore that shit, right? It's, I have
4: a better hit rate than Nostradamus. That's all I'm going to say. So.
3: <laughs> you sir are no <laughs> Nostradamus, okay? <laughs> but um, there's there's that one right that I called the crap, but. Um, The the whether they lost or we won kind of thing. And in this the sense of, you know, pride that people have about the team and and the idea that it's important. Don't disrespect my team saying that Green Bay lost. We won. Shit happens every week. Every game is different. That Jets game. It was an absolute anomaly. I, I think everybody recognizes now the game against the Jets was not the Jets team that we saw. And it was not the Lions team that we saw. It was some kind of weird fool's gold week one garbage time stuff. But. Every week's a little different. There's all kinds of things that come into play besides just the the how t- good a team is or isn't at that time. But um, does it matter if they lost or we won? And and really, what's the down low on this? Let's throw that one at Riz and let him dig his h- himself a hole with our listeners.
6: <laughs> and it's almost like some people would rather that the Packers win and the Lions lose uh, the the way that they treated this. You know, like oh my God, they they doubled our yards. They you know had more than half as many first. <laughs> You know 50% more first downs and time of possession and all this crap and you know Stafford didn't have a great game um I actually thought he was pretty darn good but he wasn't yeah. he didn't Fourth have a game in a row
4: with that. 100 100 plus passer rating I mean I mean it's not everything but it's not nothing either and I thought only yeah, Jim
3: Caldwell that? could make him do that oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry <that's laughs> just yeah, you know
6: I mean uh, You're two and three. Would you rather be one and four? I mean, yeah, Green Bay did do a lot. They were very complicit in shooting themselves on their own feet and they lost. I'm happy with that. That means they're not that good. That makes me happy. Yeah, I'm happy that Green Bay isn't so good. Why yeah. is that a bad thing?
3: No, let's talk about that a little bit, Riz, because we got we got both Riz was wrong and Riz was right with Green Bay this year because you've been on well, a, a, you've been like a, an EKG going beep 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 up and down on right, that line on, on Green Bay this year. <laughs> <laughs> Where you so Talk us through it because there's I did get a question from somebody and they wanted us to ask that um, in, in the show. What's your thinking on that? And, and talk about how you've evolved on that team this year.
6: Well, the, this this past weekend was was different for Green Bay because they were missing their number one corner. They were missing their number one wide receiver, not number one, but their number two and number three wide receiver. Uh, they have they have backfield issues where they're still sorting that out. They were missing another starter. Uh, so th- this was a depleted team. Their yeah. their best yeah. hope of of beating the Lions was in having Aaron Rodgers throw it out and mixing Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb against the number two and number three cornerbacks in Detroit. Which I think most people in Detroit would recognize are not the strength of the team. Uh, they're not bad, maybe have been
4: they're not a disaster fight. for us.
6: Yes. And that was missing. Uh, that hurt them. Their number one cornerback is their rookie, Jair Alexander. He is as close to a player who can match up well with Golden Tate as there is in the league right now. He's really good right away. He wasn't playing either. So that made a huge difference in the game. Uh, And it changed my prediction. Um, If you read my column on Real GM last week, I picked the Packers to win.
3: And who doesn't Uh, read that that column? Because they'd be losers if they didn't. RealGM.com. He He does a ten cents column every week. Don't miss risden Don't 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 mess with this. He's not here for your. He's not here for your well being. He's here to make a buck, ladies and gentlemen. You go there. You click on those ads, (laughs) and you you do that shit. There you go, Riz. I'm in your corner, bro. Thank
6: you. Thank you. So I wrote. I typically write that on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, and at that point. Uh, all those systems were still go. So then when I did the radio show on, on 96 1 here in Grand Rapids on Sunday mornings, 10 to 12, June in every week. We're doing one this week too. Um, I knew that those guys were going to be out, so I changed my pick and I picked the Lions. When you don't make adjustments based on new information, you're George W. Bush don't be that guy
3: <laughs> awesome that's as political as we've ever gotten thanks riz and that will that, spark some phone calls it's just the kind i want don't click hey, on his ads I, anymore
6: <laughs> i am someone who in my adult lifetime has voted for both dennis kucinich and ted cruz try to pin me down
3: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well we'll get out the mud and we'll start wrestling we'll see if we can all right let's let's go on so case what do you think did we did they lose did we win does
4: it matter um, well, he, something Riz brought up, uh, or mentioned in passing anyway, was that every game has been different. And I think that is, that is the reality of the Lions right now. And that is, that is definitely something um, as fans and as media. And I, I, I talked about this in the offseason, that, that there's so much different about this team that it's going to take people some time to adjust to uh, what we're seeing uh it, both on and off the field with this team but it, Matt Patricia specifically came out and said and I, and I wish I, I don't have the source for it so if somebody does you know post it in the uh thread when this goes up or whatever but uh talked about how playing they'll play every team differently and I don't think you could just, look at the way this season has gone and not see that every game has been a completely different game from the lions. Uh, the strengths, the weaknesses, the, and, and I not saying, you know, good players are good players and the good players have been good players, but, uh, but the, but the way they've approached every game and the, 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 the game plan, the schemes, the, the way they do things the like the way they run the ball, uh, the, the percentage, they run the ball, the the, the, uh, Calls they make on defense in terms of whether they're scheme or man or uh, zone or man, uh, things like that are are changing rapidly based on who they're playing, and um, and it's going to take time. And and like I said, uh, you know, and it gives me hope that uh, when you when you implement something like that, that's so uh, massive for the team sure. where things are so different on such a consistent basis. Uh, it is going to take time for things to get better. Um, and there are talent deficiencies that they are trying to work with. But uh, it, it, I'm happy to say that I truly believe that through five weeks, you could see a solid progression. Yep. And that is, that is exactly what I was hoping to see. Yep,
3: absolutely. You know, speaking of schemes, we you know, Case and I came up with a good one here. Uh, we were talking, and, and you know, the 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 stuff at Fanatics, you know, it's just the sales aren't aren't big enough, and we're trying to think how can we how can we get people to to really up their their purchases. And we came up yeah, with that's the best exactly scheme. What I was thinking, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we thought, wow, you know what? We should have everybody. We should encourage everyone to buy an opposing team jersey every week and burn an effigy outside the outside of Ford Field. It would be absolutely Fabulous, right? Good for the fans. Good, good, just to feel good about the team. And you know, if you're going to do that, you got to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that link to Fanatics and get yourself that jersey to burn. Or if you want to get yourself a carry-on jersey or a Kenny Galladay jersey oh or something else, it's a good place to do that too. You got your college team. I mean, you're thinking you're, you're a Michigan State fan this year. It might be time to buy a jersey and burn it. You're getting a little frustrated with how your team's doing. Out there. <laughs> Anyway
4: I feel so dirty right now I know I know I I, I went as (laughs) well as I
3: could And and slimy as possible You went with scheme I I mean that's that's all I had Right (laughs) So I came up with the Creepiest scheme ever Anyway, so let's uh, go ahead and uh, encourage our listeners to get all their gear, whether they want to burn it or wear it, whatever team, it it doesn't matter. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that shop link and uh, get all your Lions gear from uh, Fanatics that way. And they give us a kickback and help out the show. It's a great way to do it by doing something you're probably going to do anyway, right? (laughs) All right. uh, Let's talk about something. We got something here. And uh, if we want to start the countdown to explosion, um, we've got a situation here, Riz, um, and I'm just going to put it out there. Coverage sacks aren't sacks, and we should assign Jonathan Hankins. Go.
6: Kill you through <laughs> the microphone. Oh, my God. So I, I reacted um, somewhat, I don't know, really? starkly, violently, angrily, to some asshats that were complaining about coverage sacks. Like, like, oh, it's a bad thing that the team can cover for four (laughs) seconds long enough until the the shitty ass pass rush by design can get to the quarterback. And uh, I posted on on YouTube. It's on YouTube channel. Don't you don't subscribe to my YouTube channel because it's mostly like heavy metal videos.
4: There's a link on Lions
6: Wire. Yes, there is. I I put it up on Lions Wire. Watch it there. It's about three minutes. I did it in one take. Um, I I don't I don't edit myself. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Um, And it's just something that really bugged me and and it's uh, it's a general segment and it's a small segment but it's a vocal segment of the lions fandom where no matter what happens they have to find the negative in it and you know the whole the whole drop of of, you know stop pissing in the garden and smell the roses it, it, it applies it's so applicable all the time and it's it's I'm I'm very frustrated with those fans who – it's great that you're getting coverage. Next. Why are you complaining? Would you rather they're not getting them? Would you rather that the Ziggy is in there and he pressures Aaron Rodgers in 1.8 seconds and Rodgers bootlegs around it and finds somebody down the field because the coverage can't cover? Is that what you want? We've seen that movie before. It sucks. Trust me. Trust yourself. God.
3: We want Chris Houston out playing coverage again. Oh, my God. Does anybody remember those days? Oh,
6: Brandon McDonald (laughs) chasing Jordy Nelson down the sideline. You
4: forgot forgot
3: this, sir. You forgot this. (laughs) Can I get your autograph before I'm cut?
4: Let me flesh this out. Let me flesh this out because I agree with you. Uh, in that there is a huge segment of the Lions fan population that is just out there to shit on anything that isn't perfect. Um, But we have such an incredible secondary, and I I don't think anybody's about to disagree with that right now. Um, What I would prefer... (laughs) And this is like uh, how... This is this is like. uh, Do I wish things were perfect? Of course I do. In a perfect world, we would be getting the same level of coverage, uh, but also be set up for mistakes by the offense. And I feel like uh, you know we've had some we've had some sacks that led to turnovers, uh, strip sacks, etc., which is fantastic. If the pass rush was better with the players we have in the secondary, we have two of maybe the best ball hawks in the entire NFL, and we are near the bottom of the league in interceptions. That's the, and, and I'm not disagreeing whatsoever. A coverage sack is as valuable, sometimes more, because oftentimes a coverage sack results in a, a larger loss of of yardage than a regular sack um but at the same time if we were getting consistent pressure uh we might see a lot more picks a lot more like uh, weird stuff happening to opposing offenses and a lot more pandemonium going on for uh, opposing offenses than we are seeing right now that's the only like it, it, I, it it's not a negative about coverage sacks it's just that they aren't necessarily the same because there's other things happening
3: if only we had hankins this would be the 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 missing piece of the puzzle for this team
4: get the fuck out of here (laughs) so so (laughs) hey just let just let jeff and i talk you get out of here hankins uh, though he
6: did recover a fumble for the raiders i'll give him that but uh through two games he doesn't have a, a stat other than that
3: let me, let me ask you, Riz, is, because is, we've talked about this a little bit um, leading up to today, and we're still looking forward, but you are our resident, resident draft, Nick, the, the absolute expert in the area. Word huh. is, is that, on it, it, particularly at the point of need in that front seven for us, the draft is thick with talent this, this, coming, uh, this coming year. Is that still the case?
6: Oh my God! It it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. It is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's it's bootylicious. It's any any adjective you can want. Thick with two C's, baby. It's it's gorgeous. It's the rap guy's girlfriend. Oh <laughs> it's, it's it's Kim Kardashian times twenty. It's it's gorgeous. There there could be in all seriousness, there could be 12 to 15 defensive linemen taken in the first round. It is a bumper crop.
3: You talk about a bumper crop. That was just a bumper crop of drops that you gave me. Thank you. Riz.
6: You know, i got to be more aware that the things that I'm being said are recording.
3: <laughs> At some point, I'll figure that out. And 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 it's I mean, we, we've talked about this, but this feels like I mean, we, we've seen, you know, after this Green Bay game, we've we've seen uh, some some good stuff out of Jared Davis. We've seen some improvement from him. Um,
6: he's played better. Yeah. They found out where he plays better. That's been part he of the process. Out,
4: yeah. Like figuring out where to use him and where not to. Yes, use him. exactly.
3: <laughs> Isn't that, that weird? Yeah. <laughs> <where he's laughs> Isn't that weird? Something, how that about, means
6: something? something about the linear progression the case talked about. Right,
3: <laughs> right, right. But then you think of like um, Okawara, right, and uh, and where we got him. You know, it was just a few weeks ago yeah. we were hearing how terrible Bob Quinn is at drafting and what an embarrassment it is for this team. And I, I just kind of have to go back to Sean Hand,
4: right? Okay uh Tyrell well, Cosby hasn't looking, hasn't looked terrible right it's not it linger too long on agnew right now as we're fearing the worst but right right that,
3: that one that one definitely hurts ragnael looking good out there um, it, it's it's funny how people are so quickly have wanted to, to jump on, on the Bob Quinn thing. But if you look at the draft next year, you look at where our needs are as a team. Boy, we're pretty perfectly aligned with the talent. You look at our, um, our cap space next year. Holy cow. Maybe we can resign some important guys. Hey, you know what? Maybe we could pick up a couple free agents. Maybe we have a nice selection of guys in the draft. Somebody just might be thinking ahead when they're building this team and all these armchair GMs might not be as smart as they think they are. Other than you, Riz, you're the smart guy here. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's all lined up, right? And and of course, you you hope for the best. But our biggest place in need is the thickest place in the draft. And uh, it it, Bob Quinn seems to know what the fuck he's doing. So we can we can we just leave it at that? I guess that's that's fair. Okay. You know, we
6: just go back like nine months. though. what was the Lions' biggest needs in this past draft? Running back, an interior defensive line, and pass rush. This was a fantastic class for interior offensive linemen and running backs. What do you do in the first two rounds? Interior offensive line and running backs, and they're both really freaking good.
3: Yep. Yeah, what a terrible strategy! All <laughs> right, we'll move on. <laughs> There's this guy. I don't know if you guys have heard heard of him. Um, I think he's most famously known as uh, Babytron. Uh, oh, fuck
2: <laughs> you! Right
3: off, awesome, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Trigger warning. I should put that in the uh, opener of the show. Uh, Kenny Galladay. He is he is here and looking like man. Case, think about this, man. We were talking in the off season. All he needs to do is just take a a small step forward, and uh, this. D, this offense could really, really be dangerous. He's come up aces, man. Holy shit.
4: Well, fantastic. I, I, I put my word on it and, and everybody who listens to this show knows that I don't double down. I don't I don't, you know, make strong stands in general on anything. And I did on him. Uh, so I feel vindicated. I you know that that's nice. Uh, I do gloat a lot when I'm right. Um, no, <laughs> but uh, so uh i'll take that i guess
3: luckily what it doesn't happen too often off,
4: what, is, what is pissing me off and i know jeff and i have both talked about this so we both might rage a little bit um is the obsession of lions fans to nickname this dude and oh. the 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 horrible steps they are taking in doing so uh, um uh, I went into a thread on the R fantasy football subreddit uh, about Kenny Galladay because I, I was just you know meandering around football subs. I wanted to see you know all the nice things people were saying about him, and in one thread, I think some of the like in in three very well upvoted comments were uh, Babytron, Galvatron, and Oh Minitron.
6: Stop. I need a mirror to bash Stop. my head into. Good lord.
4: Stop. Why? He's, Stop. I mean he's like isn't he his like Stop his little brother or something?
3: Isn't he his little brother or something? Isn't that the connection?
4: Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's <laughs> not fair to him and it's not fair to Calvin. It's really truly like you you were you were setting him up for an impossible standard. Um A, 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 a that and B God damn it! Why can't a nickname just be something that happens, you know, naturally? Why do we as fans feel that it's our responsibility to decide what this guy is going to be called? How about the albino rhino? That one's not been used. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have that big of a problem with that because it's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> but, to not sequitur, it? but, yeah. but I mean, but if you think about, it, but, but I mean, the Calvi- the, the Megatron nickname. It came from a Lions teammate. That's how these sh- things should evolve. It's not on us, and I'm not saying we as fans aren't part of the team because I truly believe that we are. And, and if we weren't, the whole situation with Ebron would have, and that's a whole other you know situation. But like, if we as fans were not a significant like motivator for, for the things that happened with the team, life with Ebron would have likely ended up different. So we are, we do have impact, but we don't need to fucking force it. We don't need to be over the top and decide what a guy's being called with a fan poll and all this kind of bullshit. I'm sorry. This shit really bugs me and I I know that a lot of people are really into this. And so like, I know that I'm turning some people off right now and I apologize because it's not my intent to make you feel bad How about Showtime? But it makes me cringe so hard, so hard every time I see fans like. This has to be his nickname. No, this has to be his nickname. Uh, G Rex or with all the, you know, ridiculous, you know, with, with the dinosaur that, crap. That, right exactly. The, 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 <laughs> that, that comes Dick's with that, that exactly.
6: dinosaur arms. Obviously don't <laughs> teach paleontology at Alabama. Right. Dick Smasher. And
4: and Dick, Dick Smasher. I like, like, kind of like that. <laughs> Uh It just—it's uh is throwing things. <laughs> this is this is this is a this is a bit of a bugaboo for me. So,
6: you know, I I don't I just don't. Know, Kenny G is such a natural nickname, oh, and I yeah. know that a lot of yeah. people don't care for the the spiral-haired saxophonist. I don't either. He's not my bag. It's a great nickname.
3: Hmm. Speaking of sax t- again, um, yeah. How about like Prime
6: Motel Holiday Motel Inn? That's good for me too.
3: <laughs> I'm just going to continue to throw terrible nicknames out for the the next 15 shows. All right. The you, hey. lefty,
4: you know, <laughs> Jared Lorenzo. I still like man.
3: Dick Smasher. That one might actually stick, at least around here.
4: I'm <laughs> okay with that. Be even better. I, the biggest even better. problem for me is the derivative nicknames.
6: The, yes, I agree with Baby that. Baby Tron, Minitron. Yeah, I don't care for that at all either. I'm with you on that case. Thanks for ranting. And so I don't have to <laughs> <laughs> save me a video, <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe save the viewers. All right. Let's uh, talk real quick about Peter Von Panda. He's got an amazing YouTube channel supports us and, and love to support him. He's hilarious before you he use is hilarious. Link, yeah. Right. I mean, I can't I'll stop agree. laughing at this guy. He, he has got the greatest stuff on his, his channel. Make sure you check it out. YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda. Before you go to Amazon and use our Amazon link to buy anything, Check his, he's done a review on it. I guarantee it. And then if you want some good laughs, just check out some of his other stuff. You should see some of the promos he has. They're they're hilarious, well put together. Great channel. Guy's got a great sense of humor. He's, he may be up to 50,000 subscribers now. He's much funnier and and, and smarter comedy than we are and and, and family friendly. So, hey, bring bring the kids. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about, you know, Mr. Big Spender. We're talking about having all kinds of cap space. Thanks to the the mathematics and, and genius of Scott Warheit. Um Ziggy is not playing. Do we want to sign him for a $46 million deal next year, all guaranteed, and, and let him sit on the bench again? Or are we going to let this guy go? That's the future look. But right now, is he, is he ever going to see the field again for this team? What the hell is going on?
6: I mean, he practiced last week. <laughs>
4: that's that's something right and he
1: ran even so he was did running tagline,
2: sprints
4: before the game like he, yeah. he was running sprints before the game this last game so like it well, it's not like his legs under right the there. problem
6: it's his shoulder right that's, right seems like he's right there though yeah yeah I, I expect him to play next week quite honestly of course i expected him to play last week and that didn't happen yeah i love the guy people people are like like they don't think that he wants to play because he thinks they think he knows that he's going to get paid. I think it's the exact freaking opposite of that, by the way, if you can't play and prove that you can play right now, you're not getting getting money.
3: Period. (laughs) Right. Every game he misses is costing him next year's paycheck.
6: It's costing him tens of millions in guaranteed dollars missing this time. So if you think that he's sitting out for that, you're, you're, you're gonna go need to play in traffic for a while because you're a fucking idiot. Yep. Um, that, and I, I apologize if I anybody, but I'm, 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 I, I'm, I'm I apologize
3: gonna to fucking idiots for that one. I, I'm
6: <laughs> suicidal tendencies. You can't bring me down here. Oh, sorry, you need to be One more thing. Fuck you. You bring me we, down.
3: Bring we, me down. I'm gonna go with send me your money, but that's okay.
4: We talked about oh, coverage sacks. Like, we talked that about song. coverage sacks earlier. <laughs> We talked about coverage sacks and, and that they're that they're great. And that that a coverage sack is great, uh, but the only way to improve the overall pass rush at this point in this season is for Ziggy to come back. And, and as I've said uh, multiple times over the off season and during the end of last season, I thought he was playing maybe, and it's you know it's debatable because you can look back a few years and see when he had a really. Big, you know, year, but I thought he was playing some of the best football he's ever played, uh, and and so if he comes back and if he presents that, that's a huge step forward for this defense, and and if if there is any chance, and and look, you know, I, I haven't been you know shy about my prediction of you know an eight and eight team. And I'm not necessarily willing to step away from that, but if they're going to outperform that eight and eight level, this is likely the catalyst for that happening: is him coming back after the buy and playing a significant number of games. In the bye week uh,
3: is couldn't have come at a better time with the injuries we have. I usually hate an early season uh, buy, but this one just falls just right for this team.
6: Yeah, I agree. It's it's a great time for Ziggy to get back. Uh, You you don't miss much out of Agnew, although it looks like he is probably going to be gone for the rest of the year, unfortunately. But you know, it gives it gives guys who have been beat up a little bit a chance to rest and and get together. You know, Marvin Jones has been battling. I don't even remember what it was, but he was questionable. Uh, I think it was an ankle. Yeah, gives him time to get back to full speed. And uh, you're catching other teams that haven't had their buys yet. Uh, It's a good time to make some hay.
3: Hey, hey, hey. All right. uh, All right. Let's uh, just hit on the Amazon again, Fanatics and uh, Geek. all available on our show, on our website. So uh, go ahead and use those and help out the show. We have one more thing, and our buddy Brian from iPrevail wants to stop in before Case takes us
2: around.
3: All right, we've got Case and Riz both <laughs> buying for Headline right now, but uh, Case, go ahead and start off with a okay, round yeah. division
4: here. We're going to try on on our next show here, which come out you know regular time next week to to go a little more in depth. So I'm going to make this quick, uh, but we actually start at the bottom with the Packers, uh, and <laughs> isn't isn't that interesting? Um, the the only major news that I care about at the moment is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers knee and if there was a uh, Dr. Chow I think his name is Uh, he used to be he used to be with the the uh, chargers uh, on their medical staff Uh, not highly regarded medical staff I should add but Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true, <laughs> but, uh, he has had a, a solid success rate on Twitter of predicting the extent of injuries, um, that he has reviewed. Uh, and, and he looked at a, a specific plan. I believe it was Christian Jones, uh, riding, uh, Aaron Rodgers out of bounds or near the first down, uh, where he, it looked like that was probably the play that reaggravated his uh, ACL issue in his knee um it is it, we're not a, we're not talking about a torn ACL for Aaron Rodgers but we are talking about a a not insignificant knee injury that he will continue to have to nurse uh, there was there was an article on, on NFL.com uh, talking to him and talking about the kind of knee brace he's going to need, and he's hoping he doesn't need a bigger knee brace, than he's already been using. But I mean, but ultimately, all this means is that he's still hurt, and he's likely to still be hurt through a good chunk of the season, and it could potentially impact his long term. You know, uh, could potentially impact his longevity uh, as. Yeah. He may not, you know, uh, that it is a situation that we're going to have to keep watching. Um, As you all know, I don't ever root for another human being to be hurt. But at the same time, from a pragmatic standpoint, if Aaron Rodgers is, you know, nearing quickly the end of his career, thanks to these things, it's going to open some doors. So with yes. Deshaun Kaiser backing back him up, are we
3: on to our, our third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row in Green Bay? Is this what we're looking at? If Aaron goes down, Riz, I mean, I mean, you oh worked my. with him, right, with the Browns?
6: I did. I covered him last year. He had more red zone turnovers than the Lions had turnovers. Period. Last year, <laughs> that's how you go 0 oh 16, folks. Oh my! Oh my. So we'll, he had three in one game. He had he had two in one two in consecutive possessions last year in a game that they lost by four points. Um, and, and, and sort of like what we just saw, um, where where we were statistically beaten by the Packers, but we kicked their ass on the scoreboard. That happened to Cleveland a couple of times last year, and Deshaun Kaiser was directly responsible for that.
3: Awesome. So, awesome. It's great. It's It's lovely. Sorry to Didn't see you go, Aaron. <laughs>
4: We will have to monitor that situation as it goes along. We'll see how he plays this week, if he plays this week, and you know, see how that goes. But um, moving on, we got the the Vikings, uh, and they clearly are not doing exactly what everybody expected them to be doing. They're weird, man. They are. Yes, they're, they're a are. strange team. Uh, un- the the only thing that's unexpected about their you know weakness is that their offensive line sucks. That was a known. And that has been continuing
6: for them. I mean, Riley Reef is their best offensive lineman <laughs> and he's playing left tackle and he's not right. any different than he was in Detroit. Right. And as much as I defended him in Detroit, he played right tackle in Detroit when yep. he was good. Yep. Not so much in the left. He's he's all right. Right. He's not as good as Taylor Decker. But all That's right, right.
3: shouldn't be your best player on the line. Right. And the big
4: question. <laughs> right. The big question, obviously, is the collapse of their defense. And, uh, you know, they're probably still going to finish the year as an above-average group. It's but, they're, but they are not the elite system that they were a year ago right now. And they've lost some guys. And, and you know, there's a whole thing, you know, Everson Griffin, uh, mental health stuff. And I'm very appreciative that uh, he's able to do that in, in this day and age where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, he could easily have been the next, you know, a a precursor or another, just another Titus Young in the wind, uh, somebody who completely lost everything based on, you know, going insane. Um, And and so I'm glad that that got caught where it did. Um, At the same time, once again, pragmatic pragmatically talking about injuries, it isn't, it it has had an effect on their defense among other things that have had effect on their defense. Uh, They, they went through last year as such an incredibly healthy group, uh, and that's just not the case this year. and and it's so easy for a unit to fall apart with a couple guys missing. and and um they' they haven't completely fallen apart. They're probably still an above average defense, but there's definitely questions there. Their running offense is so bad. it it's uh, I'm looking up the
6: numbers right now, so bear with me for a second while my computer loads this. True. They are averaging uh, three point four yards per carry. They have the lowest number of rushing first downs attained. And the lowest number of successful runs attained via the ground this year. They are as bad as what the Lions were last year on the ground. And that's with Dalvin Cook as a second-round pick, who's been hurt a lot. That's with their offensive line that they have invested in fairly heavily and not well. Um, but, I mean, Kirk Cousins is doing all that he can, but there's, there's only just so much that you can do. And they, by the way, are 2-2-1, two, two and one, so they are eminently catchable.
4: Uh, uh Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the division is much closer at this moment in time than I, I think we would have expected it to be, uh, because we would have l- looked at those two teams as likely way out in the head. Uh, of course, the Bears <laughs> are still leading the division. Uh, they happen to, uh, have a bye this last week, which may have helped prolong how long they're out in the lead of the division, but. Um, I, I went on the pack cast with Tom grassy. It's a Packers Sorry. podcast Sorry. and I, 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 it was actually, I really like the guy. He, we hate each other for our fandoms, but we get along really well. I've been on his show a couple times now. Um, but we, we end up spending about half the show talking about the bears. <laughs> that's kind of embarrassing. But um, the, the ultimate, you know, takeaway was that there's absolutely no belief from where I'm sitting right now that what we've seen out of the Bears and, and you know, a six touchdown game out of Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is is any kind of reality that you would expect to see, you know, through the rest of the season. Um and you can look at the teams they beat and it hasn't been good teams. Um, they, they they lost to the Packers. That was week one, though. And I'm not going to try to hold them to a different standard than I would hold the Lions losing to the Jets in week one. Thank but, you. Um, but uh, there's nothing about what they have going on right now that makes me think that's truly a NFC contender. Uh, because the... the they, they 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 put on a mirage to this point, in my opinion, and 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 if I'm wrong about that, I'm going to have to eat it pretty hard. But and that's how I feel right now.
3: <laughs> you feel like eating it really hard, or <laughs> you feel like it's a mirage? Sorry, I just want to make sure we get get everything cleared oh, up. Oh,
4: I feel like it's a mirage, okay. and I, if I'm wrong, I will. You know, I'll take that loss. There you go. You know, they 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 beat Arizona, who
6: is terrible. They the worst team in the league points. maybe. Yes. Yes, uh they beat Seattle which has no offense by a touchdown, which I mean it's fairly impressive but it wasn't Chicago. So it, it was on Monday night football too. Now to think about it. So that was you know that's all right. They they have a good defensive front and I think their secondary is good. So they they have some tangible assets. I don't think they're going to go away. I don't think they're going to like cave. I think they're Dare I say they're probably not the last place team? I I do think that the Packers, with the injuries that they've had, if they don't get healthy, are probably destined for last. If if it's not the Lions, uh, and I don't think it will be, so I, they're a little bit ahead of schedule, but they're still not there yet, in my opinion. They they yeah. they have an easy game this week. They go to Miami, which is imploding. I think they'll win that. But then they play. Uh, they have New England. They have to play uh, Detroit twice. They still have to go to Minnesota. They have to go to. Um, uh, San Francisco towards the end of the year, which is looking easier. Their their schedule, though, um, other than the next like two three games that they've got a they've got a shot. they they play Buffalo yet they play the Jets yet. I think they're they're easily as good so as. So do
4: those. the rest of the NFC. No, right. They
6: play the Giants. You no. Know. Um. That that's that. After what we saw from the Giants this week, that's looking like a pretty darn easy W. So they're not they're not going to go away. Um, it's one of those where the the Lions are going to have to beat them themselves, and I think that the Lions will. But uh, they're they're not as awful as we want them to be, unfortunately.
4: How uh, I feel like this season, maybe more than any other in recent history, is, mm, is so incredibly dependent on on the division games. Just because, like you said, oh, there's yeah. so many there's so many weak teams that all four teams are likely to face outside of the division. Um, that those division games will play such a huge impact in the outcome of of there's, it's only six games in a sixteen game schedule, but those those may be the deciding factor in in the way things end up shaking in a in a very serious way right down at the end of the year. Absolutely, and having
6: the the wins over common opponents, and this is why that loss to San Francisco is such a killer. It, yeah, because every other team in the FC North is going to beat them, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, with, with where
4: they're at now. With so the, that, with the timing that we got them, that sucked just because yes, you know, obviously, it does. Uh, obviously uh, Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt uh, later after we yep. played. Um, and, and you know once again, you know the injuries, uh, you know, and I'm not rooting for him or anything, but it sucks when it, when it hurts your team and benefits other teams. so
6: it'd be nice if they started to get something out of their number three overall pick Solomon Thomas, who's probably going to be a healthy scratch this week. Just saying.
1: Oh, mm, interesting. Oh,
3: interesting. All right. Other well, teams craft shitty too, folks. <laughs> too. <laughs> we haven't seen that since Mayhew. All right. Uh, oh, <laughs> feeling good. Feeling good. Um, anything left in, around the division there, Case? Nope. That's it. Riz, thanks for risking your health to, to be, expose yourself virtually to my dirt germs and join us again for This Week in Reddit.
2: Time for a different kind of breakdown. Today's special guest.
3: All right, we're joined by an old friend, Dean Blandino, massive Lions fan for well, wow, we're going on a year and a half now, aren't we, Dean?
1: We are, yes. And and I'm I'm already jaded, but go ahead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that it's, it's great. Jaded is uh is a kind of great way to lean into this first one is uh Boy, September tenth, the 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 Monday night game against the Jets. I got a tweet from you and it was it was so great <laughs> to hear. Uh that's incomplete, boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt really good about that one. I we I was watching I was actually watching the game with a couple of friends from you know back there from New York and they're Jets fans. And I was you know, I was like, No, that one's coming back, that's incomplete and uh Obviously, they didn't, you know, New York, and they didn't agree with me, so.
3: (laughs) How does that, how does that happen? I mean, because I I think everybody, like, okay, so complete or incomplete is not a subjective call. (laughs) Or is it? I mean, has it become? Well,
1: it's become, it's become, it's become subjective, I think. Because you remember, if we go back to 1999, I'm taking us back a little, but the Bert Emanuel rule, and, and that was, that before that, the if the if any part of the ball touched the ground, it was incomplete. It didn't matter if the receiver had control of it or not. Right. And that that was that was very objective. Ball touches the ground or it doesn't. Right. They changed that to say the ball could touch the ground, but he has to maintain control. So now we're involved in this subjective area of control. And that's where it just becomes judgment. And and you know in that play they felt there wasn't enough to say he he lost control of it. Um, I obviously thought he did, and that's just just one of those plays.
3: Do you miss the old job?
1: <laughs> Part of it, yeah. Really, I do, I do. some of it. I, I don't. Um, I don't miss the
3: the fans. You know, yeah. <laughs> I see your Twitter but, feed, man. That thing is I, that thing is hard. Is. I, I've seen you know. I know Twitter's a mean place and all that, but the, the crap um, people say to you is pretty redonkulous. It's, it's, there's
1: it's, there's it's, there's one guy that most people don't get to me. But there's one guy that he's starting to get like this guy needs a hug and I'm going to find him and just give him a big fat hug because this guy is is just relentless and he will not stop. And I'm like, I did not. I did nothing to you, dude. It's like, I don't know why you keep like bringing me up into things that have nothing to do with even football. But it is it's a I I, I enjoy it. I do miss some of the old, you know, the old job dealing with coaches, especially being a part of that rules process. That That was always fun. But uh, but I like what I'm doing now and and just having the ability to to interact with people without without worrying about what the NFL is going to say.
4: Sure. Uh, So, okay, Uh, it's nice to know Um, we have technical difficulties from time to time. We had some issues uh, with the last postgame show, et cetera. Um, But it's nice to know that even as uh, you know, we're the little guys, maybe. But even the big guys have issues sometimes, too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this last week was a good <laughs> reminder, um, and I want to talk about the play itself. But I, I just wanted to, you know, it, it get uh, it, if I, I don't mean for you to, you know, throw your employers under the bus or anything like that. But uh, there was a moment after the uh, ed, the muffed punt. I'm not even sure if you can call it muffed if it wasn't if it wasn't to the uh, intended if if it wasn't the sure. actual um, returner who who touched the ball, but the play I'm talking about, everybody listening probably knows. Um, and then they, they were like, well, here's Dan, Ble- Dan- Dean Blandino to uh, tell us his thoughts on this and. <laughs> Crickets, right? <Pause>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just,
5: so
4: the know, real and, question is, is this a Dean thing? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I was, I was speechless. No. Um, it, it, it happens. It's, it's amazing to, to see what I've learned is all everything that goes into putting a broadcast on and everything that we do in the studio. And, and remember, you you've got communication to multiple stadiums all over the country. Yeah. And the fact that it works 99% of the time, it's like, it's like you know the luggage at the airport, right? When you, it's never an issue until they they lose your luggage. But you think about right. the, 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 the hundreds of thousands of 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 you know bags that are being you know shipped around the country. Pretty high success and, rate if you look at it from a macro yeah. view. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that was just one of those deals where you know, all right, we lost communication to Detroit. It ha- you know, they we do a lot of testing. We're always testing to make sure the lines are are working. It just happened to be you know bad timing going on we couldn't get to uh couldn't get to Detroit on that play and and obviously I couldn't I couldn't give my my enlightening insightful and articulate explanation on the play so well
4: here, here's your <laughs> chance team <laughs> well and and oh, okay so there are several angles of this particular play and I don't yeah, know you know sure. I don't know how much you looked at it but um I thought I'd, I'd ask a few questions and and try to get yeah. your perspective uh okay sure. first of all do you think that it touched the Green Bay player.
1: You know, I honestly, I, I thought, I think it hit both players at some point and it was an issue of who, who touched it first. Right. It, okay. th- those are really hard plays and, and it's really hard to tell with the angles, you know, did it touch I I, th- I think that's one of those plays. Whatever they ruled on the field, you you were going to have to stay with. I didn't think there was any video that showed definitively who touched it first.
4: Well, and that was my second question: whether you not whether or not you felt that you know that being upheld was a matter of you know not enough evidence to overturn that's it. And exactly and I think I would generally agree uh, on yeah. on that topic. Um, the next question I have on it is more rules specific uh, uh, yeah. technicality type stuff, and that is: are uh, plays like that? where the receiving team on a, on a punt or a kickoff never actually has possession in the in the usual sense. Uh, yeah. there, there was no... He didn't... Nobody caught the ball. Nobody made a football move. Nobody, you know... Um, is that immediately considered possession on a kickoff or a punt as soon as it touches someone? And does that immediately mean it's a turnover that's automatically reviewable?
1: So, yeah. So they... The touch isn't possession, so and and the, the technical term in, in the rule book is 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 a muff, right? so if you muff a loose ball that 's an unsuccessful attempt to gain possession of it right. so okay so if you touch it you're not you don't have possession to gain possession, like you said, control two feet football move that has to happen to gain possession so this was just a muff it was touched ruled to have been touched by by the uh, the return team the the packers. And so it's, if it's recovered by the kicking team, that's a specific play. It's spelled out that way in the rule book that it's the way it's written as a scrimmage kick that is ruled to have first been touched by the receiving team, recovered by the kicking team. That is an automatic review, like a touchdown okay. or an interception. It's, a, it's, it's one of those specific
4: plays. Now, my last part of the question here is that it didn't seem as though the officiating crew on the field... Was going to review it. It seemed yeah, like they that, were ready to roll on until exactly, McCarthy threw exactly. the red flag.
1: So that that's what what I think happened. And this is just this is just my opinion, and I don't have any fact to back this up. But I think what happened is the crew got confused. They 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 didn't think it was an automatic review. I think McCarthy, because what happens is you always tell the the sideline officials if there's a play like that, get to the coach and tell him either coach, you have to challenge or it's an automatic review. Cause you don't, you don't want the Jim Schwartz throwing the flag. Right. You know, you don't, right. you don't want that. And and, right. so, important. You, and you, it's you know,
4: important for us to note that that is no longer a penalty. Uh, it's if a timeout. A red flag, it's uh, a
1: timeout, unless you're out of timeouts. And if you, if you're out of timeouts, then it's a 15 yard penalty. But right. what I, what I think happened is they gave McCarthy wrong information. He threw the flag. They common sense. And I agree with, if that's how it played out, common sense would say, Hey, we told coach that he needed to challenge it. We're not going to charge him a timeout. You know, we gave him the I wrong agree information. I not I don't, I don't so think, I think it would have have be fair happened.
4: for yeah. them to lose yeah. a challenge over, over that situation. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because it obviously didn't quite seem like it ran as smoothly as it should have. Sure. Sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. I think there was just that. I think there was some discussion and confusion as to who, who was responsible for the review.
3: Okay. No, that makes sense. So let's, let's, I mean, we look at the officiating crew. We've seen some confused officiating crews before, but, um, it seems like Terry McCauley was never that confused, but, but Terry McCauley is no Dean Blandino. Right.
1: No, you know where we're going, right? Yeah. I know where we're going. I know where we're
3: going. Terry McCauley. He's a former official. Um, he is the rules analyst for, Hi, he's a high stakes competitor here. He does the NBC rules analyst work mm-hmm. on Monday night, and uh, That's right. obviously he had to take the low end job instead of for Fox on Sunday, and then course, misses the college course. stuff. It's like, because, like
1: that primetime Sunday night, like what? I mean, come on! Right, right, I mean, right. It, I mean, give me a break. He's
3: like the Blake Bortles of of officiating knowledge. He's he's not like Matthew Stafford level stuff, or like uh, like you, Dean.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs>
3: Um anything you can say to to stir the pot with Terry or should we just go ahead and I mean move Terry,
1: on? I, Terry I Terry <laughs> I I I love Terry. I've worked with Terry for a long time. Um I think Terry's doing a great job, but again, he, he like like I don't know if you saw Pereira tried to come at me with Conor McGregor and I just had to be Khabib and, and shut him down <laughs> and, and so I'm undefeated that's that's basically and if you and if you talk smack you know what happens after the fight too so it's, I was just, gonna uh, say there you <laughs> in appears I mean, living yeah. room <laughs> exactly exactly I will show up I will show up in Stanford Connecticut at the NBC studio and I have no problem doing that Oh,
3: that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, look, you know, from from where you sit and you hear from everybody, um, teams often have difficulty with the calls and you you get a lot of complaints about about bad calls. And we're seeing from our perspective, right? And and, and we have to make sure we put ourselves in the right place. But I I think we are when when we think about this. We hear a lot of complaints from uh, Green Bay now about a lack of holding suddenly uh, Yeah, suddenly on on the lions and uh and them getting holding calls and traditionally as we we've seen things uh particularly when the, we play in lambo those holding calls are things they got away with and we like tj lang is a great kind of uh experiment, right? He, yeah. he, he went, mm-hmm. he went there and I think, what was it in two games or three games? He had more holding calls once he came to Detroit then than he'd he did ever had in a single then season. Oh, yeah. no, really? Yeah. No, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's talk about this a little bit. I mean, we, 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 we've got a, a book. We've talked about people uh, reading called score uh, scorecasting and, and how sometimes crowds can influence referees and that kind of thing. Sure. I know there's no intentional bias, right? But can you talk about some of the things that may have, have an effect on these refs. I mean, does the coach barking on the sideline? Yeah, does the home crowd? I mean, you're standing there and you know under a microscope it, around uh, you know fifty thousand rabid people. What what's it like for these guys? And and what are some of the things that are that are swinging their decisions? Yeah. So maybe we can execute on those next time we get a yeah. Home game? That's <laughs> it,
1: it's 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 a good it's really an interesting discussion and it's something that you know when when we would look at prospective officials so we would look at college officials that had worked their way up and we're thinking about bringing them to the NFL it's not just it's not just you know how they handle themselves on the field and what they do so we actually do a a, psych, a psychological evaluation and we and we look at and the way that that it works, it's like an assessment that you take, and it's designed to try to bring out if there are any unintended biases. If there are any, you're always looking to to determine is there an official, and you're and you're studying that is there an official that makes more calls for the team um, that that he or she is on that sideline for or or against that team, and so you're always looking at those things. And for the most part, look, there isn't any intentional bias, but again i'm i 'm not a, a psychologist, but you know maybe there is something subconscious, and you try to weed those people out because if i 'm going to be affected by the crowd or i 'm going to be affected by a player or players or a coach in my ear, that 's not someone you want officiating at the highest level. You need someone that is going to be able to tune that out and just make the calls based on what they see their judgment their training their experience and so it is something that you try to you try to you know weed that out as in the selection process so you you ensure that the officials that you have um don't have that that issue
4: so you don't just hire guys who are going to you know uh, uh throw games towards Teams like the Packers and Patriots. And to, no, what you're no, saying.
1: that's not. It's yeah. That one of the, we one, of the, you on the one of the questions on the assessment is: have, Do you or any of your friends, family, have any have any connection to Green Bay, Wisconsin? Right. Do you like cheese? I mean, any any of that? We don't so,
3: so it's not Steve Belichick that's doing the uh, the pressure measurements and the balls ahead of the game. Is that what you're
1: saying? <laughs> Yeah,
4: I'll leave that one alone. Oh, okay.
1: Okay.
3: You're you're good, Dean. We try to drag you through, but you just don't take it.
4: (laughs) There was, okay, so we get a little bit of Lions, you know, related stuff in here. In this game against the Packers, there was obviously the Packers fans came away feeling like uh, they got the negative end of the officiating. And I won't necessarily say that I completely disagree with that. But at the same time, like statistically, we had two throws uh, for Stafford that got called back on eh, questionable mm. offensive penalties, uh, that would have totaled 95 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, so yeah. like it,
1: <sighs> it, it's, it goes both ways. And, and typically the team your the team that loses is going to, especially the fan base is going to look at, look at, okay, why, why, what are the reasons we lost? And obviously, you, know, you look at okay, were there coaching decisions? Were there players that made a mistake? And were there kickers, missing, and kick, five
4: kickers kicks. missing
1: five? Kickers missing five kicks, you know
4: that kind of thing. <laughs>
1: and, and exactly, and that's what. But the, and that was the the challenge that that I had in in the role as head of officiating because you're sitting there, and and not that you know, look, Mike McCarthy is never was one. I mean, honestly, he was never one to call me and 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 complain overly. Complain. He wanted to know, you know, why things were called. But if a coach has a kicker that misses five kicks and then he's, he's complaining to me about the officiating and I can't come back at him and say, well, your kicker missed five kicks. You know, I have to, I have to sit there and go through the officiating stuff. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, you know, we, we, we know why you lost. Let's let's, let's be real here. But that's just one of the challenges.
3: Good times. Good times. All right. Well, let's talk about like when is a policy for the NFL when there's questionable calls, um, and and you know they, they happen it's it's just part of the game it's it's the human aspect although we're going to start investigating alcohol sponsorships and connections <laughs> to the officiating because i think there may be <laughs> a significant connection I think about and- <laughs> <laughs> liver damage in detroit is is it a high uh, but anyway let's uh, we talk about you know there's there's an issue with officiating in the game and and it happens it's just, it's just the nature of of human beings how does the you know the nfl as a policy is it better to ignore when the call has been made, or is it to address it directly? And I think, as a fan watching, like on Twitter and th- and and so on, they do address some calls, but I think it's really cut and dry sure. where they can they can really point to something in the rule book. But when sure. there's things that are maybe not as much, they, you don't you don't hear a whole lot. And, um, yeah. it's, it's what, how does that work? And what's the thinking? Is this really strictly just a, Hey, this is the NFL. We want to m- explain the things we can. And when things are unexplainable or maybe we got it wrong, we want to kind of just move on and stay quiet about it and forget it ever happened. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a challenge because I remember look, I remember a time at the NFL when they didn't talk about officiating. They didn't put out mm-hmm. statements, mm-hmm. they didn't discuss, it was just the call was made and that was it. Now obviously we live in a different world with social media and access to different things. And you can't just you can't just, you know, circle the wagons and, and hide in a in a cave. You have to come out. But it's a balancing act because you, you have to remember if, if, if I as the head of officiating came out every week and said, oh, we missed this one. We screwed this up. We screwed this up. That that hurts the credibility of the officials on the field. It makes it harder. It makes it harder as a leader to lead this group, because if you're throwing constantly throwing your people under the bus, they're not going to want to perform for you. So, so that's that's part of the challenge. But then there's there's other stakeholders, right? There's coaches, there's players that that their their livelihoods are are decided sometimes on how the team obviously how the team does. And, you know, they like that transparency. So when you have the ability to admit a mistake, I think that's a good thing. You can't overdo it. But but I think in all of it, you have to take the approach, an educational approach to say, okay, look here. Here's the rule. Here's why the officials called what they did. We 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 do agree that it is a mistake, but, but here's the why. And that's, and that's kind of the approach that, that I think is, is the best approach and it, it is a balancing act.
4: Sure. This is one of those things where I think, you know, fans might be their own worst enemy on this type of thing too, because uh, you know, I personally speaking, I would love that, you know, that, that if, if the, if the ref, you know, organization came out every week and said this is what we got right this is what we got wrong like me for me uh that would be amazing but i also yeah. recognize that like um when when they admit a wrong there's probably almost more backlash than when they don't and yeah no uh, no, no question <laughs> and, that, and that stays with that
1: stays with that crew right you, we all know you know, there, there are referees that we remember um, for the wrong reasons, right? Because their right. crew was involved, and 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 they might not even have been their call, but they're the referees, so they're the most visible, and and that stays with them. And then the next the next time you get that referee, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy screwed up this this. Oh,
4: and this. believe me, we're familiar okay. with that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Call. We, we've been there. <laughs> yeah.
3: But it's like being a mechanic at a dealership, right? You work at the Chrysler dealer and all you see is broken Chrysler's all day. You're going to think Chrysler is pretty crappy, but you don't see all the great cars that are running just fine on the road. And this is not a Chrysler ad by any, any stretch of the imagination. but, (laughs) but you just don't see the good (laughs) (laughs) I can't even think, Oh, how's your Jeep Dean? Is that, is that working great now? I couldn't even think of what other products got. All right. Anyway, let's, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Um, Penalties and the relevance to the game, right? There's something mm-hmm. we talked about this uh, a couple shows ago in hockey. You see sometimes that they do this kind of idea of like a makeup call. And I don't, you know, it, when you're watching a hockey game, it's it's a completely different game and often has yeah. a different effect on on how it goes, how the game's flow goes. But it's an interesting concept. Um what's what's the thinking of that i know they don't specifically overtly state that they do that but i mean it's pretty obvious a lot of the times that that's something they're looking for but you you, you see, so it's kind of two pieces it's the the makeup call kind of concept which does that make sense in any, any stretch at all and then going back to things like um <clears throat> It plays like, well, I'm not going to call the holding uh, on a defensive end on a run play, but we'll talk about uh, uh, Quandre Diggs' penalty uh, on an interception that costs us against the Niners. Away from the play, takey-tacky as anything you you could think of, had absolutely no effect on what was going on and and very, very often doesn't get called um what's what's should, should the relevance i guess this is the relevance of the the penalty to the play play any kind of part i, I guess it adds another layer yeah, of subjectivity, it, it, right?
1: it absolutely yeah it absolutely has to and and that's so there there are mechanics on all on all the calls that that are made or not made and, and with so the you always you, you always want a foul that's called it has to have an impact on the play and with and with defensive holding so just to break down how that's called the official the official has to see the hold and then look back and and see if the ball is the court, is still in the quarterback's hands or if it's
4: out. Well, now out you're going to make me angry because that did not happen on that play. Well, well, <laughs> and,
1: that, and again, and, and it may not have. And that's, and that's part of the challenge at full speed because remember, you have an official – he or she, they're backpedaling, they're they're covering their area, they see the hold. Mechanically they have to look back to see the football. And if the ball is out to that receiver, then obviously it has an effect on the play. If it's out to the other side of the field, then you're not gonna call that penalty. That's that's how they're they're being taught. If the quarterback still has the football, you're gonna throw the flag because that could have taken away his his intended receiver. So it always it should in theory. Have an impact on the play now. Now, believe me, I know because we would evaluate officials every week to say, you know what? They didn't look back. They saw the hold. They threw the flag. They never looked back to see where the ball was. That happens from time to time, but mechanically, it shouldn't.
3: So let's, let's let me let me take that a little further because I can think of the offensive pass interference call against Eric Ebron against the Titans last year, and one of the offensive pass interference calls that we talked about. Uh, a few questions ago this year, um, there wasn't actually OPI there, but there was an appearance of it. And from the angle that the official stood, it's like, oh, there that, that looks like that could have happened, but sure, you actually, sure. you look at it in replay, you see that it, it didn't actually happen. And this is for me, one of the, the most frustrating parts about the officiating. They call penalties on things that they actually didn't see. And that's the one, like if you didn't see the OPI, um or or yeah. any of those calls, right? You can't. To me, you can't call it. Go ahead and take the heat for 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 not absolutely. calling it, right? But they in those cases, it absolutely didn't happen. We saw clearly on the replays that it didn't happen. But the guys threw the flag anyway and, and took away significant plays on something that they they didn't see. And that's something that again, that's frustrating for me. How do you how do they handle that with the officials? Is that something they they like a, a specific piece that's, that they talk mm-hmm.
1: about? Yeah, absolutely, and the, and they call it like in the officiating terms, they'll call that a phantom call, right? So. Yeah, yeah. So it just it wasn't there, and and um and I, I don't like ghosts or any scary things like that, so don't tell me phantoms exist because I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> sleep well tonight. But, um, so but yeah, you're always the the worst mistake an official can make is throwing a flag when it's not there. But like you said, even in your description. It looked like from that official's perspective you could see why they may have made that call, and that's the problem that that we have is the officials looking at it from their perspective, and it may look like something, and then we see it from another angle and we go, oh, that's not there. That's why you do have the mechanic of other officials um, – who have a look, who have a different perspective can come in. And I know this may bring up a, bit, a sore subject from a couple of years ago, a playoff game, but it does happen where another official will come in and say, well, from my perspective, it didn't look like a foul. Let's pick up the flag. And then ultimately the, uh, the, the calling official will make that decision whether to pick it
4: up or not. Hmm, never heard of I think that. there should maybe be, <clears throat> okay, let me, let me phrase it like this. If the officials were more apt to throw flags, um okay so this may get into the whole pace of the game thing and, and i yeah, understand that's sure. a whole other issue but if, if if officials were more apt to throw the flag and then have the booths uh you know more apt to say no pick that up do you think that would be a major detriment
1: uh, you know i do i i do think that Look, imagine Imagine doing a job and having somebody over your shoulder constantly nitpicking yeah. what you're doing. And and, and are you going to be confident in your decision-making? Or are you hey, just going to say, oh you know God. what? You know what? Let <laughs> you make the call. Then do it all upstairs. And I think that's that's part of the challenge where, with, with adding replay to some of these subjective judgment calls. And I think that's you know why the competition committee has always stayed away from that. And, and again, sure. and it goes to pace of play as well that if we're constantly stopping the game to to review like like you know Jim Caldwell told me you know one time he said look there and you know coaches make the most mistakes during a game players make the second most and officials make the the least and and that's just but they're it's part of the game and and we have to accept that human element but also expect you know excellent officiating there's a standard there's a standard, standard. that right. has to be met without question. Um, we're not saying that mistakes are okay, but to me and the way I always look at it, there are there are five or six plays in any football game that that can can win or lose the game for either team and the officials have to be perfect on those five or six plays and then and then go from there and make sure that you know you're consistent in what you're calling and it maybe maybe it's if you're being technical you have to be technical technical both ways if you're if you're letting them play you have to let them play both ways and and that's that's the key
3: Do do a lot of halftime adjustments uh, for officials um, take place or do they do they acknowledge, hey, you know, we've been letting them play today. Let's keep letting them play. Or do they say, hey, we've been letting them play too much. Let's let's clamp down. I mean, do they make those kind of adjustments or do they try to go with.
1: What they do. There. I think there's some adjustments that are made. Halftime is tough because it's it's 13 minutes. By the time they get to the locker room, they have some, some duties that they have to do uh, in terms of getting the teams ready to come out for the second half. And and you really don't have a ton of time to go through stuff at halftime. But I think there are – and then that's really the referee's responsibility. If it is starting to get a little bit out of control – Get everybody together, maybe during a TV break, and say, "Hey, let's let's rein this in a little bit," and and that kind of thing. So, I think that's the importance of the referee position and the leadership that that they have to to be able to do that.
4: I okay. So let's get away. From something that's affecting the Lions this year, uh, almost entirely, and that is uh, roughing the passer. Uh, we have not committed a single one this year, and we have not had a single one uh, called against us. But uh, you there's have no pass one. rush; you
3: can't get called for.
4: Roughing right, the right exactly. <laughs> if, you if, if you don't, if you don't get a very leisurely pass to the quarterback, problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, we're we're tied for like third and sacks. We just take a very leisurely, you know, approach to the whole thing. Um, but uh in in uh, all season i think there's only one that could maybe have been called against the, against another team against the lions that wasn't I, I don't think there was anything egregious about it but um i do want to get your opinion on what the general idea of of the uh roughing the passer stuff is we just saw yeah. tj watt get fined uh today as we are recording on friday uh twenty thousand um, plus dollars yeah, for yeah. Uh, for for giving Matt Ryan an ankle massage. Um, <laughs> it seems a little strange. It really, and and I know yeah. you know I don't like to fuel the fires. I don't like to fuel the fires of these you know overreaction to you know sure. this rule that rule change the other. Uh, but there have, but it when when things like that happen, it does really it 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 hurts credibility from even fans like myself and maybe i'm putting myself on too high a pedestal here but who try to look at these things from you know an objective point of view but but i when you when you see somebody not only get a you, you get the personal foul i get that especially yeah. in real time things happen so sure. fast sure uh, that, that I can understand how, how something might look worse than it is. Uh, I'm still a little salty about the, the quote-unquote forearm shiver that, that <laughs> Sue gave to Cutler uh, getting, getting fined for even though he was established as a runner and didn't even hit him in the head. But... Um, <laughs> But but
1: uh, again we, review, don't, we don't we don't keep these things with us. Not salty at all. No. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, upon review,
4: <laughs> it seems pretty clear. I just watched it probably twenty times. This this TJ Watt thing, brushing Matt Ryan's ankles, yeah. and I yeah, understand yeah, sure, that you're not allowed sure. to go to the ground and then go to the quarterback after you've gone to the ground. But is it? Mm,
1: I feel like is I it okay like you for me to have, to have a
4: problem you, with that?
1: I feel like you and I need <laughs> to have a conversation offline where we just—it's more like a therapy session—and <laughs> we just kind of vent and get because I, I can feel that through, through the is phone. It, is it okay
4: for it? me to be upset that <laughs> that got fined? I, I,
1: you know, I I agree. The, the The call on the field is one thing because, again, real time. The referee's looking at it. It happens quickly. But the fine, what you're saying when you find a player, because you have you have time to review all of the, right. the video, right. you have time to go through that process, you know, it's not a rush a rushed process. Right. Now right. you're you're doubling down and saying this is clearly a foul and and a violation that needs to be that needs to be addressed with a with a fine. That was surprising to me because I think you could you could I could extend myself to to defend the call on the field But to find the player, to me, in that instance, I I did not think that that was clearly rough in the passer. I thought there was some gray area as to whether he used his hands, arms to wrap versus, you know, going, driving the shoulder into the knee, which we know could cause injury. And that's why the rule is there. And uh, I was surprised that he got fined.
4: Do you think he should and could potentially win an appeal?
1: Yeah, I think that, that he'll appeal it and they'll go through that process and it'll be interesting to see how it works. Um, what the ultimate decision is, but I, I would not be shocked if he wins that on appeal.
3: Sure. All yeah. right. L- last question. You've been very generous with you, Dean, as you as you always are. Uh, I know you got to get your your call of duty game here. So um, last <laughs> last bit um, is are they? it feels like they're adding a lot more subjectivity to the calls. Uh, that the refs have to make in the field. And that's going to be hard on on the officials themselves because it, you get these kind of conversations all the time about um, should that call have been made and, and in the heat of the moment, the speed of the game. Um, do you, two-parter, I guess. First, do you think that they are adding more subjectivity to the calls, number one? And number two, is it helping the game and the officials or is it is it maybe to the detriment of both?
1: yeah well any anytime you add more subjectivity, you add more layers to decision making you're gonna you're gonna decrease your chances of being consistent and and that's that's a problem and and I think you know we've dealt with this over the years. you know something happens there's a play that happens people feel well that's not fair let's change the rule well well, how often does that play happen is are we are we changing a rule to to address one situation that may happen every five years? we're adding a layer for the officials and that makes it harder for them to be consistent. So I do feel uh, anytime there's, there's an off season where we add 10, 12, 15 rules changes, that makes it that much harder to officiate. That that makes it the officials have to learn the new rules. They have to learn new interpretations, new clarifications, and it just adds to their workload. And, uh, and again, the goal is consistency. They're never gonna be 100% accurate. But consistency is the goal. And again, the more layers in the decision-making process, the harder it's gonna to be to be consistent. So, you know, I think we need to look, you know, take a big picture approach, try to simplify some of the rules, take some of the subjectivity out of it. You're never gonna be able to take all of it out. And uh, I think that'll make the official's job easier.
3: Yeah, gosh, Dean, if you're only in a position to make changes at that level. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i busted your chops hey th- thanks a lot man for joining us again dino um we'll catch you again soon and uh hope all goes well and um you know if there's anything you need to send somebody down to the truck to shake some people up we, we got them for yeah. you you know we'll take care Perfect. of them we, we want know. you we want you to look nice on camera We we need you up there
1: I know. I, I appreciate you guys. You can be part of my entourage my next fight, and we're, we're
3: good to go. Nice, nice. And and you won't have to jump in the crowd then, because we, I'll we, be the we'll first
4: one back. back over You'll now. handle it? Yeah. Okay, you'll handle it. Good. Take care of that. No problem. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs>
3: All right, Dino. Thanks a lot, bro. All right, and on that bombshell, we're going to call it a show. Remember, the show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback, but please don't give us your germs. Uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Sign up, get all the benefits and fun that you get out of being a patreon donor and and then we get the benefits too and it's it's a great way to support the show don't forget to check us out on facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast we're on youtube youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast and on the twitter machine at det lions podcast det lions podcast not only the best place to get lions memes but the very best place to see case
4: i was frozen today (laughs) Give us a
3: call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line. 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Get yourself on the show and uh, be part of putting it on blast. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast and we'll come in your little box automagically. Thank you for tuning in and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast, your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection.
0: Final seconds winding down and look at that how big is that Chris and case out of time pack the bag start the plane this
2: show is over
1: Hey Dean Blandino here and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong
6: Oh my god it, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick